coming to you from Michigan, USA, and listened to by people all over the planet. Get ready to be safe and sound with Sean Sparkman. Sparkman. Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bow. Welcome to the Safe and Sound Podcast. This is Sean Sparkman, your host. I'm really excited to be bringing to you one of the people that got me started in the business. And, you know, his name is Joshua Crisp. He is an entrepreneur now, but he originally trained me at a company that we worked at together. And Josh, I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man, I'm actually really excited and blessed uh, to have you reach out to me and uh, give me an opportunity to really just have a time to sit back and uh, recollect on everything that we've went through, but more importantly, for us to share our stories together. Yeah, and the future is the most important part, right? So let's start, instead of going to the future, let's start with the past. Josh, just tell us a little bit about your story and who you are, why you ultimately chose to be an entrepreneur. Uh, Yeah, so I actually, I've always wanted to be in sales or something that had to deal with sales uh, ever since I was in high school. You know, while I was in high school, I had the opportunity to uh, take a bunch of classes or uh, take a marketing program where I only had to go to school half a day. So I'd be done at school about 11.03 p.m. And then uh, responsibilities of being in the marketing course was I had to go and get uh, have a job. And uh, the rest of the day, while everybody else was finishing school up, my marketing uh, program I had allowed me to go out and work, make some money, and, you know, be able to take care of myself at such a young age. But I realized that, you know, when you're in a sales environment, you are going to be able to get paid what you're personally worth. And I always like to think that I worked harder than the person on the left or the right of me, a little bit more passion, a little bit more excitement. So I knew for sure if I was put into a position where I was going to get paid what I felt I was worth based off of my own work ethic, I would be light years ahead of everybody else. What really triggered me is I was in college, you know, just like everybody else, they go to high school, the guidance counselors just pushing and pushing for you to go to college because uh, in everybody's uh, mindset, or at least going through high school, they make you think that you have to graduate high school, have a plan to go to college, get a degree, get a degree so that way you get a good job. Uh, But realistically, the average bachelor's degree makes about $35,000 a year. But I was sold. You know, a lot of times when you're in sales, it's very easy to be sold. So I took their their advice and I was like, all right, no problem. I'll get enrolled in uh, college and we'll go from there. I don't know what I'm going to go to college for, but we'll figure it out. The downside of it was I wasn't very smart because I didn't really apply myself in school. I would like to think I'm more business smart than book smart. So I had to get rid of all the gen ed courses first before I could actually get into the courses that had to deal with my major. So it gave me some time to figure it out. Well, during that time, you know, going to college, having fun, I uh, had a house that was off of campus, but close enough to campus where we threw big parties, had a lot of fun, people coming over. They knew me as having like one of the biggest house parties. And that was cool, but it really wasn't going to get me anywhere. And I wasn't going to be able to have a future just partying my life away. So one of my neighbors had a friend who uh, was in the life insurance industry, and I had no idea. I just saw he drove a nice car. He's about the same age as I was, always dressed real nice, 
uh, whether he be in a suit or just looking like his clothes were just nice, crisp and clean. And just, he had that look where he was like, all right, this guy's got it going on. He's got it figured out. So I reached out to my neighbor and I said, Hey, what does your, uh, what's your buddy do? And he said, he sells life insurance and he does very well. He makes six figures a year. I go, he does that by selling life insurance. And they're like, yeah, that's what he does. So immediately the next day I went on to Craigslist and I applied for every single life insurance position there was. And the craziest story, I ended up getting a call back from the same company that this guy worked for. And I ended up outlasting him and passing him up by the time that I was with the company because I saw what he had and I wanted what he had. So I was hungry and I was willing to do whatever it took in order to be successful. So I took that career very serious because it has a lot to do with working with people and sales, but also you're an independent contractor where, you know, you're in business for yourself. And if you're not making sales, you're not making money. So you got to find a way to make it happen. And that's really kind of what triggered me into the entrepreneur mindset. But really along the way, uh, I found a vehicle that I could utilize that I was very good at. And uh, I grew up the ranks very fast. But I knew that if you want to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire, you have to have multiple streams of income. So with that, I always knew that I wanted to do something else over and above that. Rather it be associated with it or it has a lot in common with life insurance, I wanted to do something else that I could supplement my income and have another stream of income so that way I could get that much closer to becoming a multimillionaire, which has always been my dream and my goal. Not necessarily because I just wanted to have all the money to myself. I wanted to be able to give back to anybody and everybody. I wanted to be able to do things that I didn't have to worry about. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted to be able to know that I could pay my bills every single month without having to worry about it, go to a restaurant, eat whatever I want, have a car, drive whatever I want, and not really have to worry about it. And that's really what gave me the drive because, you know, growing up, I grew up in a childhood where I was with a single mother. And she was a cashier at a grocery store that she started at when she was 18 years old. And she's still currently at that same grocery store today. So nothing against my mom. She, you know, she, she definitely inspired me and showed me what I needed to do to have a different outlook in life and change the way that I live my life currently. And it gave me a reality check to realize, you know, if I want more, I have to go out and do more. And, and that's when I started focusing on becoming an entrepreneur and not just on the life insurance side but multiple businesses as well. Yeah, and you did this all at a very young age, right? How old are you now? I'm currently 29. So I actually got licensed in the life insurance industry at age 20. So it was, 12 uh, years old, you knew that you had to do something that was going to be on the revenue generating side of the business industry, right? Because otherwise yeah. you're working, like you've said multiple times when I was listening, you said the word job, right? And what's yeah. job mean? just just over broke. I mean, you can read that all over the internet. Everybody agrees that that's what a job means. So the only truly unique way to set yourself aside is to go into business for yourself. And it really takes a lot of balls, right? <laughs> to go into business for yourself <laughs> at 20 years old. Right. So, you know, it's really a, a cool thing that you've been able to do. And now you're, you're 29, you're coming up on that, you know, good old 30 year old number, which I recently was able to get to myself and you're going to be oh, moving congrats. to the, the next stage <laughs> of your life. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but along the way in your journey, I mean, it's only been nine years. You've got a lot of life to live, but I, 
and or remiss not to say it that you've failed along the way, right? So something that I didn't touch on that I want to kind of reverse and follow back up on. When I was 18 years old, I wanted to create my own business at that point. So what I actually did is the iPhone 3G was out and everybody was learning how to jailbreak it and put it with different carriers and have extra apps. And that was like the cool thing to do. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to create a uh, electronic wholesale business where I could sell iPhones wholesale where they would be able to be jailbroken and I would be able to have bulk orders coming through. So what I actually did at 18, I moved from Ohio, where I'm originally from, Akron, Ohio, all the way to Los Angeles, California, where I had a partner that I believed in was going to be able to change my life and obviously change his life for the better. And we would be able to grow together. And I get out there. Oh my gosh, everything that I thought it was going to be, it wasn't. So I ended up failing miserably. The business ended up going bankrupt. And I was in a position where I had to make a decision. Either I'm going to stay out in Los Angeles and try to find another job. Rather, uh, at that point, I think I was looking at maybe getting into phone sales out in Los Angeles or humble myself and make my way back to Ohio and realize, hey, I gave it a shot, but I failed miserably and uh, own up to it. So what I did is I decided that, you know what, I'm going to go back to Ohio, but I'm not going to do it right away. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take my good old time and visit my uncle in Texas, maybe think I could get a job there. But he lived in an area, uh, Port Isabel, Texas, which is like kind of closer to the border where they spoke a lot of Spanish. So even when I was trying to get a job, I just wasn't qualified because I couldn't speak Spanish and it, it just wasn't going in my favor. So finally, I humbled myself again. I was like, all right, I need to stop dragging my feet. I need to actually get back in my car, which by the way, I bought a Chevy Blazer, a 1996 Chevy Blazer for $600 off of Craigslist. And I drove that from Akron, Ohio to Los Angeles, California. On the way back, <laughs> that $600 car broke down twice. Once in an area called Ira and Texas, where they couldn't find out what was wrong with my car. But the nearest city was 80 miles away. No cell phone service, no internet service, nothing where it got to a point where my mom lost communication with me. She called the police stations trying to find me because she thought something happened or I was lost. And eventually, finally, I was able to talk to her through like the office phone there, letting her know that I'm in a town in Iran, Texas, which has like a population of like 15 people, crazy, crazy <laughs> small, that I ended up staying with the, uh, the guy who owned the uh, repair shop, the mechanic shop, because he felt bad that, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm 18 years old, stranded. And instead of having to pay for a hotel that doesn't exist, he let me stay with him, which, you know, was definitely a humbling experience, but he was willing to reach out to me and help me out, even though that he didn't know me. And, you know, that's kind of always stuck with me that people have always been there to help me out because they believed in me or they saw something in me, which is what I try to do for other people now. So to fast forward, I did come back to Ohio. I got into phone sales and started working at Verizon Wireless, and I got to a spot where I was the number one sales rep in Northeastern Ohio, but nowhere to go, nowhere to grow. And I kind of like tapped out of uh, my position because they didn't want to offer me any more because I was so young and they figured that they would just utilize my skills for as long as they could until they brought somebody else on, but they didn't want to give me the position that I rightfully deserved. And then that's how I got into life insurance. No, life insurance uh, definitely changed my life, but it was not easy. You know, going from a getting uh, paid hourly, you know, having a guaranteed income to being a hundred percent commission. 
there's definitely lots of ups and downs in that. Probably at the beginning, more downs than ups. But, you know, I saw that light at the end of the tunnel where I felt that as long as I kept moving forward and I never gave up on my passion, I would eventually come out on top, which, you know, fast forward now, nine years later, going on 10, I would like to think that I've had a lot of trials and tribulations my way. But now I'm a lot further ahead than I was before, where the negatives are a lot less than the positives. That's awesome. And I want to rewind a little bit. You you did mention something in your story there when you were stranded in a town in the middle of Texas. And how old were you? 19? 18. 18 years old. So you're 18 years old. You're stranded in a town in the middle of Texas. And someone was there that was willing to help you out. And that's something that you and I have talked about and I've talked about with a lot of people. And I say it all the time is that everything happens for a reason. Whether you believe in a higher power or you don't, I truly believe that every single thing that happens in your life happens for a reason. And as long as you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing and you're taking the steps forward, like you said, humbly, because being humble is a very important part, right? You said it, you have to humble yourself over and over again, because that's part of failure and that's part of growing your success. Like we mentioned on the last show, it's like you're taking a brick and every day you're putting another brick into your home or you're getting 1% better every day. And those little things, they add up. And along the way, you're going to have people that are going to come along that are going to continue to help you out. And it's cool to hear that happen to you in your story. And I mean, you're only 29 years old now. So even though it's been 10, 11 years for you, you've made leaps and bounds successes where some people have not because they weren't willing to humble themselves the way that you were. And, you know, I, I kind of want to hear now that you've talked a little bit about things that you failed about, what do you view as your greatest success so far in life? And don't limit to, to insurance or to business, include everything, whatever you're willing to share. Just tell us what's your greatest success. That can be a very emotional answer from me as well, because, you know, just because it might not have been a, a good image for me, I would like to think it was a success story because it made me who I am. But, you know, I definitely started going down the wrong path when it came to how I was handling my life. And I was all about partying, having a good time. You know, alcohol was really starting to consume me. Never really been big into drugs, so I didn't have to worry about that. But it was just, you know, I'd get to the point where I would drink so much, I'd forget about what I was doing or I'd black out. And it just got to a point where I started becoming reckless and pretty much careless to the point that I actually got a DUI. And when I got the DUI, I was selling life insurance. And if you know anything about life insurance, if you don't have a driver's license and you're in a business where you have to go to people's homes to be able to sell the insurance and you have no way to get there, it's pretty much impossible to be able to do it and be successful in that career. So the reason why I, I want to like share that story is because some people would let something like that drag them down where they would completely throw their hands in the air say, woe is me, and they would give up on everything and try to maybe go and get a job that's hourly or something close nearby or whatever they had to do because they felt that there was no hope. And what I personally did is I felt I was good enough that I could hire somebody to drive me around to appointments so that way I was still able to do what I love to do, which is help people and give back as much as I could and share my knowledge and educate as many people as possible That's my success story is that that one negative incident in my life 
allowed me to keep pushing, but also made me realize there's a lot more to life than partying. There's a lot more to life than going out with your friends and spending time at the bar and having these crazy big bar tabs when you don't, you don't have it like that. I've always wanted to be the person who was the center of attention in the middle of a room. Like I wanted everything, you know, the lights, camera, action all on me. And that really slapped me in the face and gave me a reality check where I felt that that's when success started is because I realized that this is not a game anymore. This is real life. I need to be an adult. And then when that happened, I really felt that it was time for me to make some changes. It was time for me to change the way I live my life, but more importantly, be more responsible. And when I realized that I would eventually get a second chance when I got my license back, I paid all my court fees and fines, that nothing was going to get in my way rather than myself is when I really took my career to the next level and I was willing to sacrifice and give whatever it took in order to be successful because I was never going to be put in that position again where I had to struggle because I personally made a bad decision. It was nobody else's fault but myself. That's a great story, Josh. Thank you very much for sharing, because I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate to a story like that. I kind of want to switch gears just a little bit. I mean, at this point in your life, you've kind of made it, you know, so far in the business industry in insurance, right? And insurance is really what's led you to to be able to do what you want to do because it's a sales-based industry and it's one where you can really give back to other people. It's one of the reasons that led me to it is that every single sale, you're, you're helping somebody protect their family or you're helping them protect their retirement, whatever it may be. It's, it's all about protection. And it's about giving back, like you keep saying throughout this whole thing. But I do want to know, like, You've been focusing lately on social media marketing quite heavily, and you've got a couple of different businesses from what we've talked about. And I just want you to talk a little bit about why you chose to focus on social media marketing in the first place. I love to talk about this because it kind of gets me away from talking about everything that I've done to get into insurance, but insurance was my vehicle to give me opportunity to open more businesses, more opportunity to give back again. You'll hear me say it over and over and over again. I'm probably the most giving person you'll ever meet because I just like watching people smile and seeing, seeing them excited and being able to be that person that made a difference. What really got me into social media marketing and, and going down the technology side was I've always uh, dabbled around in like some MLMs. I always liked the concept of it because it was just networking. You get to meet a lot of people, but you also get to... Uh, you know, grow and eventually get an income if uh, you build it big enough. But then also, there's a lot of MLMs that might not have the right morals or structure in place that they'll end up getting shut down because it comes off as like a pyramid scheme. Hey, so, real quick, just for the people that don't know, what's an MLM? Multi-level marketing. So basically, you are working to get to a higher position in a company where Everything you're doing, realistically, you're making the person at the top more money, but you're trying to get to a point where you eventually become equal to them, if not greater. So it's just more of like a networking platform, but it's also you running your own business. So the only way to really be successful in an MLM, multi-level marketing company, is to have an entrepreneur mindset because nobody's going to build it for you. You got to build it yourself. And with that, I realized that we're going into 2020. 
you know, life is not going backwards. Life is moving forward and everything is happening online. I mean, think about when Facebook first came out to being a platform for only college students to connect with each other to now billions of people having access to Facebook and it being a platform that will get you a much bigger audience. You're going to be able to market in front of thousands and thousands of people from just knowing one person that shares it to the next, that shares it to the next, that shares it to the next. Now you're reaching people you don't even know just through social media making something go viral. And I started following some of my mentors like Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, and I've always followed them. I've seen what they've done and how successful they are and what they've accomplished. So I realized the way that I'm really going to revolutionize what I'm already doing is by creating something that has to do with being online and social media. So I actually partnered up with my business partner and created a lead generation company where we generate leads for life insurance agents nationwide for funeral and final expenses. So when I first got started in the insurance industry, we were dealing with leads where people were just looking for something free and then we had to take it, spin it off, and then try to upsell them once we are in the home to now we can generate leads where people are already expecting your phone call. They already want to buy. You just have to set up an appointment, go out and see them. And it makes that process so much easier, which is why I think the life insurance industry is just blowing up. But I kind of took what I was used to in the industry and I wanted to find something that was similar that I could connect them together where it wouldn't take my focus off of the life insurance side, but still be very, very involved with it that I created the lead generation company. One thing I want to point out, Josh, that is, I think, really important for people to understand is that it's not just about the life insurance agent, right? When you're doing these ads on whatever social media platform it may be, and you're generating these leads, those leads are getting an experience that's different than what they would normally get in like the situation that you described before where you're trying to give them something free and then you're trying to switch it around and all of a sudden you're talking about something different and it's just not a good experience for the person. Whereas when they're online, they're searching for life insurance or funeral and final expense insurance and it's something that they know they need, they know they want and they have to get to have something that's very straightforward, they know it's honest, and they know that at the end of the day, somebody's gonna contact them, and that person is going to kind of handhold them because it's not a simple industry, as you and I both know. There's there's hundreds of carriers are out, that are out there, hundreds of companies that are trying to offer all these different things. So it's very important to have an independent person that can sort through all of those different companies and say, hey, this is the best coverage for you. And by doing what you're doing, you're giving not only the life insurance agent an easier time, but you're giving the person that is looking for it an easier time as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's been plenty of times where I've gone out into uh, the field and appointments and I've taken uh, video testimonies from the client because that's important to know. Like, what made you click on this link? What made this process different than what you've done before? What did you like about it? What did you not like about it, right? And I get feedback from them that way. And everybody that I've sat down with and I've talked to, they love the experience because it's not high pressured. It's very calm, relaxed, and it's just our job to educate them. So knowing that I could still stay focused in the life insurance industry, which I've learned to love and grow 
and be able to create a, a lead that makes the experience better for not only the agent, but the client made me realize that if I'm able to generate leads through social media for life insurance agents for funeral fund expenses, why not give another industry an opportunity to be able to have access to leads as well, since I've already figured it out through social media marketing, which then I just released my third company, which I'm very proud and blessed to be able to do which is actually a social media marketing agency. So what we're focusing on now is online fitness coaches. You know, how many times are you on Facebook and you see somebody trying to teach somebody how to lose weight or how to put a special diet together or how to food prep, right? So there's a lot of fitness coaches out there that are trying to do this online, but they don't know how to reach an audience. They're trying to do it all organically and do it by themselves because, you know, nothing against fitness coaches, but I feel like they have an alter ego where they think that they can just do it all by themselves because, you know, they got that masculine mindset, that alpha male to them where they're just going to be able to figure it out on their own. And what we're doing now is we're showing them how we can create a click funnel and we can generate them leads for clients who are looking to change their life and a new healthy lifestyle. And that's allowed us to then generate the third company that's still very similar to all the other businesses we have, but now we're focusing on a different industry. And once we master that and we start focusing on, you know, building up all of these online fitness coaches, then we'll probably come out with another industry. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to just open it up to anybody and everybody because I'm a true believer where I much rather work on something, give it a hundred percent and figure it out 100% before I move on to the next rather than giving everything 10% because I feel I'll never get to that level I want it to be at because I'm always working on other things. So yeah, because you got to give it very, all right to get where you want to be. I mean, that's really exactly. what it comes down to. You, you, you can't uh, go halfway on anything. You got to give it everything you got. And that's, that's really cool to hear. And one of the other themes that I, I've been hearing since we started, you know, this recording today is that it's all about giving back. Because that's really what matters in life, right? You know, I, I've talked about on a couple other episodes relationships, and you know, it's all about relationships, whether it's with your your wife and your kids, or your friends, or your girlfriend, whoever it may be, or your business. It's all about relationship, and what you do, and what I do, and what all entrepreneurs do is eventually you're building some type of relationship, and the ability to build that relationship in a way where you're not only benefiting yourself, but you're ultimately giving the people that you're servicing more value than what you're getting in return. That's the most important thing. If you're able to give them, you know, 10, 10 times value and you only get one times that value, that's really important because if you can give more value to the person than what you're getting, you're always going to have more people coming back to you because it's all about how much can I provide for somebody else, right? Yeah, 100%. And I love that. dude. I mean, you nailed it right on the head. I talk about being one of the biggest people you'll ever meet that will uh, give, 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 give. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily doing this for myself anymore. I'm doing it for other people because that's what makes me excited. That's what makes me happy because, you know, not everybody grows up in a childhood that they wish that they would have been grown up in. Not everybody is in a position where they're just going to be handed over a business or they're going to, have a family that has a fortune. You know, it doesn't happen that way. And I want to be a prime example that it doesn't matter where you came from or what you've had or what you got, that you can go out and you can make it happen. You can make a difference as long as you put your mind to it to be able to give back to others. 
And the biggest thing I think that I've taken away through the years of running businesses is it does come down to connections. I mean, which is relationships. I would like to think that I'm a very relatable person to most people. Uh, I'm easy to get along with, but I actually genuinely care. And I'm very sincere when I talk to people. And that goes a long way. When, when you show somebody that you care and you show somebody that you generally want to see them be successful, people read through that and they appreciate that and they want to be around others like that. So when it comes to connections, you know, what's helped me with the connections that I have is networking. I follow and I reach out to people who are more successful than me because I want what they have and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what they have by learning what they had to do to get there themselves. You know, and, and so that that's huge. I mean, relationships, without relationships, no man or woman can do this by themselves. You need to have a team, you need to have an army, and you need to have support. Yeah, I agree 100%. You nailed it right on the head with that one, just like you said I did with the last statement. You know, this is a really great conversation. I love that it's all about giving back to other people because that's ultimately what life is about. You have to live a life of service, a life where you're giving to others. You know, one of my favorite stories is from Tony Robbins. And Tony Robbins tells a story about when he, you know, hit his lowest point was when he gave his last $10 away. And he knew that he didn't know he was going to get another $10, but he gave it away to somebody else that he thought needed it more. And from that point on, all he did was grow and become the multimedia mogul that he is today. And he's impacted literally millions of people. And so being able to give back in that type of way is a very important thing. You know, I really kind of want to switch gears just a little bit here because we are run, starting to run out of time a little bit, Josh. Moving forward into the rest of your career, I know you're focused on technology and social media. What are you curious about? You know, that, that's a tough question to ask somebody like me whose mind runs a million miles per second because it's always entrepreneur based. I'm not where I want to be. And I don't think I honestly ever will be because I'll always want more. So to really answer a question of what I'm curious about, you know, the biggest thing I'm curious about is where are we going to be at in the next 10 years? Where are we going like, to actually let's, let's uh, rewind for a second. Where are we going to be at in the next five years? Then where are we going to be at in the next 10 years? Where are we going to be at in the next 15 years? How can I always be ahead of the curve to keep growing and again, to keep giving back? in the next five, 10 or 15 years with the way that technology is going. I'm not a short-term thinker. I'm a very long-term thinker and I'm not a small thinker. I'm a big thinker. So I always like to think big. So when I put plans together and I put goals down and I'm trying to achieve it, it's not something that I'm going to be able to do overnight as much as I would love to. And sometimes I might be the most impatient person. I am going to put together a plan that might take two, three, four years because I'm a big thinker and I see the bigger picture knowing that if I'm looking for short-term goals, it's just not enough for me because I'm always going to want more. So to, to answer your question, man, what am I curious about? I'm curious to see where I'm going to be at in the next 5, 10, 15 years because all of this work that I'm putting in now, you know, something I didn't mention, in the last eight years I've moved and relocated 15 times. That's 15 times to a different rather city, state, house, apartment, condo, whatever it may be, where am I going to be at in the next 5, 10, 15 years? What about my personal life? How else am I going to be able to give back? Will I be married? Will I have children? You know, I'm real curious to know where my, lead, my life is going to lead me based off of 
the hard work, effort, energy that I'm putting in now to fast forward it and really see where I'm going to be at. I want to make sure that this hard work does pay off, but it's definitely a curiosity thing to know how far can I really take this. Hey, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see where you're going to take it and where you're going to end up be at. <laughs> I know uh, just as much as you said you're interested to see it, there's going to be other people that are going to be watching along the way to see how much you're able to give back and where that puts you in your life. So one of my next questions is, what is your best piece of advice for people that are just getting started in business? Doesn't have to be insurance or social media. Just if they're getting started in business in general, what should they focus on? Good question. So I would like to think all businesses have something in common. I know the businesses that I focused on and the industries that I'm focused on are different than other people, which still have the same opportunity to be just as successful, if not more. But they all have something in common. You know what that is? That's the fire and the drive to win. So if you're getting ready to start a business or you're thinking about starting a business or you've already started a business and it's not where you want it to be, the biggest advice I can give everybody is don't give up. Make sure that you do whatever it takes, knowing that the more effort, energy, time that you put into your craft, it eventually will come back full circle. Like you mentioned earlier on the call, everything in life happens for a reason. You're going to be tested. You're going to go through trials and tribulations. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times where we're ready to just throw in the towel and quit. But that's when you have to work harder. That's when you have to give a little bit more. That's when you have to believe that it's only going to get better. That's when you have to know that you're going to have people in your life that disown you, that want nothing to do with you, or they think all you care about is your career and your future, and you don't have time for anybody else. You're going to lose the people that mean a lot to you because of your different beliefs and the different drive you have. But don't quit because of other people. Keep fighting for what you believe in. Keep moving forward knowing that eventually, once you get to where you want to be, which is better than the person on the left or the right of you and greater than what you've ever been before, those people that hated on you and doubted on you and never thought that you would ever accomplish it, they will then eventually one day become humble enough to appreciate what you were able to go through and what you were able to do and also respect the fact that you didn't give up and you proved every single person around you wrong because you didn't give up. I like to win. I don't like to lose. And if you're an entrepreneur, losing is not in your blood and it can't be in your mindset. So all we do is win and that's all we focus on. Yeah, you know what? You got me fired up just thinking about it. I kind of want to go run a few (laughs) laps (laughs) because you know I don't like to lose either. But the reality is that we always have the mindset of we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. But at the end of the day, sometimes we do lose, right? Sometimes we fail, but the important thing is how do you handle those failures and do you use them to learn from them and use them to make you stronger so that the next time you come back and you don't lose and you hit that next level, you break through that plateau, you take a next step on your journey of the mountain climb that life is, right? And you're able to do what you want to do. And I think that comes back to the humbleness that you kept talking about at the beginning of the call, right? Yeah, man. I truly, truly believe that sometimes you have to take a couple steps back to go 10 steps forward. And I've done it in my business already, where I think a lot of people fail because they want everything right now and they want the most to their self right now. And they're very selfish and they become very, very greedy. But me, I've given up a lot 
where I've taken a, a reduced amount of a profit or a, a lesser amount in a business to grow, to have the connections, to be able to keep moving forward, knowing that if I give a little bit up now, I'm going to be twice as far as head later down the road. I mean, the best way that I can give some insight on what it means when you're running a business or you're starting a company and you fail and you go backwards is don't look at it as a failure. Look at it as a lesson, right? So many people always want to say, I failed, I failed, I failed. I, I know I mentioned that earlier in the call too, but I might mention it that way, but deep down inside the way I believe is I learned. I learned how to do things differently. If it wasn't for that learning curve, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. But also when you're learning, you're earning, right? Always remember that. When you're learning, you're earning. And the way that you earn is by keep pushing forward. So it doesn't matter how bad things get. You always, always have to believe that it's going to happen for a reason. Why do you think there's speed bumps in people's lives? Why do you think there's trials and tribulations? Why do you think certain things happen to certain people or some families are faced with a, a tragedy or a disaster and other families aren't? They're being tested. They want to see how far they can be tested before they either break or find a way to keep moving forward. And I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you over the years that you're a fighter, man. So you're somebody who's going to win. You're somebody who's going to push through everything. And you've been through trials and tribulations. You've probably made good decisions and you've made bad decisions. But so have I. But guess what? We're all human. And that's what humans do. And, and at the end of the day, it comes down, like we've already talked about, to the relationships that you build along the way. Are they going to build you up and take you to the next level or are they going to take you down? Right. So right. we're running out of time here, Josh. I just want to get through a couple little things here. What is your next big adventure? You know, I like to move in silence. Something that I learned <laughs> the hard way is loose lips sink ships. And I'm probably one of the most passionate, exciting people that you you'll ever meet when it comes to new ideas and new adventures where I just want to talk about it because I just want to share the excitement to get other people excited just so that way we have something to be happy about. So I typically try to keep as much to myself as possible until I release it. But, you know, in, in this case, my next biggest adventure is definitely going to be growing in my, my life insurance industry, my lead generation company, and my social media marketing agency where I bring on staff I bring on people and give them an opportunity to do what they love, make sure that we're able to grow together, but really, more importantly, scale at a level that's never been scaled before. You know, I just got back from Boise, Idaho two days ago. And out of all places, yeah, why did I go to Boise, Idaho? Because that's where my partner was. I shot video content for two days straight, it felt like. You know, I got 15 new videos that I recorded, which obviously, if you know anything about recording videos, you don't necessarily get it right the first time. So there's a lot of retakes and, you know, having to re-record. But more importantly, it comes down to the fact that I'm doing this for a bigger reason, because what I want to be able to do is instead of me keeping this all to myself and not being able to share it and not seeing, having people see what I'm doing, I'm now going to start putting myself out there and start showing my brand so that way anybody else has ever felt the way I felt or maybe they're looking to do something new or they just need a little bit of extra training and support, they'll be able to see my story, be able to hear my story, but more importantly, they'll actually get to see me 
evolve right before their eyes, which uh, is what I'm really, really excited about with my next adventure is uh, taking my whole story and, and putting it into video so that way people not only can read about it, but they can see it, they can hear it, and they can be inspired. And hopefully, if I just can take one person that's ever watched any of my content that we're soon about to be releasing, and I could just give them one golden nugget that changes everything for them from this point moving forward, I've done my job. That's awesome. You know, it's always exciting and fun to talk with you, Josh. And I can't wait to get into conversations with you in the future. But for the interview that we're doing today, is there anything I should have asked you and I didn't ask? You definitely asked a lot of questions. You definitely touched on a lot of areas. I actually think that I opened up more on this podcast than probably I ever have when it came to interviewing, just because I really went into those dark times in my life. And uh, I'd like to think I overcame those times. Uh, Also, I talked about the failures that I had, which remember, weren't failures, they were learning lessons. But, you know, one thing that you didn't ask me, which most people do, is how do I manage multiple businesses and still be able to live a life like a normal 29-year-old or be able to have time with my family and friends? You know, that question is so important because the answer that I'm about to give you, I know you didn't ask it, but I'm going to answer it anyways. And and this might, you know, catch a lot of people off guard because they're not sure of how I'm going to respond to this. But the biggest thing I could tell you is sacrifice creates opportunity. And right now I'm sacrificing those things where I've missed birthdays, holidays, weddings, funerals, you know, those special times in life that you get, you get to spend with family where it's only like a once in a lifetime situation uh, that I've actually sacrificed because I truly believe that I'm out here creating an empire. So that way when I'm 35 years old, 40 years old, where people are still working every single day just to get by, there's going to be a bigger picture where I'll be able to have all the time in the world to spend with friends and family and not have to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills or how I'm going to get further ahead because I sacrifice now to have whatever I want later down the road. That's awesome. I'm really glad that I asked you the question because I didn't ask, ask it, but you answered and you created the question on your own. You know, Josh, it, it's always inspiring to hear what you have to say because you are a young guy who's gone through a ton of different things and you fought your way through that adversity and you're experiencing the success of what that fight brought you. And I know you're going to continue to do so in the future. And for the people that are out there that really enjoyed listening to you and listening to all the different things that you're doing, what can they do and where can they go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, I I would love to, uh, you know, mentor, lead, guide, show people the way, just share my story, help any way I can. I'm on all major social media sites. Rather, uh, Facebook, Joshua A. Crisp, rather it be Instagram, J.A. Crisp 2, uh, as well as LinkedIn, which you can look me up under Joshua A. Crisp. A lot of uh, my businesses are branded through Crisp Agencies, LLC. Uh, you can look me up that way. Uh, but uh, just moving forward, there's going to be a lot more content that I'll be showing uh, as I'm really trying to just make a difference, be able to give as much back to others as possible while having fun doing it, 
but also being able to sit back one day and watch other people follow in my footsteps and do exactly what I did, if not better, and watch them blossom like a flower. That's, that's going to mean the world to me. Josh, I want to say thank you for coming on the Safe and Sound podcast today. As always, we're bringing you content that's about building a lifestyle, building your life so that it's safe and sound, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your business, whether it is going to the holidays that we're having up you know, real soon here, or your fitness, or your health. All of it's very important, and we're going to bring you content from all different walks of life. And Josh, I really appreciate your unique situation because it is different than what most people hear on a daily basis. So thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, man. I Like I said, I am privileged and blessed that you uh, thought highly of me enough to uh, reach out and ask me to join your podcast. So I definitely look forward to many more conversations to have. And I hope that, you know, we touch somebody today and we put them in a position where that maybe they were struggling a little bit and that they, they were ready to give up and throw in the towel. But maybe just one thing you or I said really sparked that energy again and gave them that extra ignition to just fuel that fire, to just know that they're not going to give up. They're going to push a little bit harder and they're going to break through those boundaries and they're going to make it happen. So again, thank you for letting me be on the call today. This was amazing and I definitely look for many more. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to Safe and Sound Radio with Sean Sparkman. Sean Sparkman. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, contact Sean at 313-246-9278 or visit the website at www.safeandsoundretirement.net. That's www.safeandsoundretirement.net. I must leave. Welcome to the Safe and Sound Podcast. This is your host, Sean Sparkman. I am really excited to be bringing to you today a, a very unique individual. His name is Derek Davis. He's the owner, founder, he's an instructor of a place called AV Technologies that's really reaching out and touching the youth in the world. And uh, Derek, I'm really happy to have you on the show today. Right, thank you, Sean. It's my pleasure to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Can you tell people a little bit about who you are and what it is that you're doing? Name, as you mentioned, my name is Derek Davis, uh, Derek D. Davis. A lot of people call me 3D. I'm a <laughs> broadcast engineer by trade, <laughs> systems integrator by trade, uh, father of four adult children, two girls, two boys, a grandfather to six beautiful little kids. You know, I've been married for 36 years to my uh, college sweetheart. Other than that, you know, life's good. I can't complain. I'm I'm still working a full-time job along with starting a business, a tech school, getting it off the ground, getting it moving, you know, to uh, change, help change the lives of young people or people trying to, you know, change their careers and things like that. So it keeps me moving, keeps me moving. The, the business, AV Technologies, how did you come up with that idea and what is it that your mission is to do with that? Well, AV Technology Institute was uh, planted, was planted, a seed actually was planted into me. Uh, like I mentioned, I've been in the industry for about 25, 30 years now. Started at the bottom as a system technician, uh, pulling cable and things like that. 
and worked my way up to where I am now as a broadcast engineer for an ABC affiliate here in Michigan. And in my in my path in my career, as I grew through my career and everything, I was I was I've been blessed with you know always having a good job and being able to work. I'm fortunate enough to do that. But as I traveled through my career, meeting young people, asking me all the time about how I got involved in electronics and how I started doing what I'm doing, you know, and uh, working on the jobs and, you know, meeting a lot of great people and having some great mentors and everything, come to realize that a lot of us in the industry now are timing out. We're old cats. And there are not a lot of young people, not a lot of youth that understand or even know what AV technology is or the integration side of it. You know, they they think AV just deals with video cameras and production and stuff, but audiovisual is more to it than just that. It's the integration side of it, the technicians who put it all together, the technicians who maintain it, the technicians who make it work. People forget about that, you know. Every residential and commercial building has to start with a backbone. Somebody has to put all those systems in, you know, the security cameras, the uh, door access, the digital signage, the backbone for the Ethernet and the Internet, computer systems, you know, networking. All that has to start with a technician. Someone has to put it in. So in my career, you know, along my, along my way, you know, I was I used to, you know, as an African-American in this industry, there's very few of us, like 2% of us in the industry. And wow. um, I, did, I did a lot of complaining, you know, about, wow, I, you know, why am I the only guy on the job or all that? And um, my dad, who was an educator in a Detroit public school system, both of my parents were, one day just mentioned to me and said to me, he said, you need to stop complaining and do something about it. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, you need to start educating, teaching young people or young adults to do what you do. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm not an instructor. I'm not a teacher. I'm a technician. It's funny how wise, uh, you know, how funny how wise, uh, you know, the fathers and the older generation is. We, we, we forget sometimes. I love that little piece of wisdom, though. It's just, well, why don't you do something about it? It never crossed my mind. It, it just never crossed my mind. You know, I'm busy complaining. But, I, you know, I loved my job and what I was doing, but, you know, I never thought it crossed my mind. And when it finally sunk in, I was like, wow. That makes sense. That really makes sense. And yeah, um, just that little simple, that little simple statement, and it, it can make such an impact. You know, and I, it would it'd be it'd be so amazing if all of us as you know humanity could just kind of get that little piece in there of just hey, instead of complaining or talking about it or whatever, just just do something about it. Exactly, exactly. And you know, so I you know, I started thinking about it and years went on. I mean, this was must have been twenty twelve. No, it was like yeah, about twenty twelve and year went on and you know, didn't do anything about it and then my dad struck ill and we were sitting at the dining room table two days before he passed and just out of the blue he said, Um, hey, did you start that school yet? And I was like, no. He was like, well, what are you waiting on? <laughs> I was like, well, like I said, I'm not a teacher. He said, let me tell you something, son. He said, it's in your DNA. If you think about it, everyone in our family comes, has an education background, comes from the education field. We have principals, teachers, counselors, all that in your family. My wife's a teacher. And he was like, you know, when I hear you talk about what you do, I see the excitement in it. 
And then he said to me, he said, God gave you a gift. You just don't understand what your purpose is and that gift that you have. You've been fortunate enough to have a career that, that you've never been without a job and everything. He said, you need to take that gift and give it back. And that Yeah, that's awesome. So, that hit so hard. And two days later, he passed. And at that point, from that point on, my mission was to find out. I knew what my purpose was. Now he told. He basically told me what my purpose was here on, here on earth. You know, on life in life is to be able to educate, take the gift that I was blessed with, and turn it around, give it back. You know, I think that's the right way to live life is to serve and to give back. But finding that purpose and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to serve, that, that's one of the hardest things. And, I mean, everybody, they find it at a different point in their life. And some people, they never do, which, you know, that, that's sad. But uh, I always hope and pray for everybody that you find what that purpose is at some point in your life. And it's really cool that your dad helped you find that purpose. Exactly. And the thing is, once you find it, it's like something, it's nonstop driven. You're driven right. to accomplish or do what it is that that gift is or that that purpose what your purpose is. You know, it's like wow, you your whole mindset on being a person and giving back it changes. You're like wow, am I a giver or am I a taker? When you start thinking about how you can give and you're grateful for what you have, but how can I give more and more and more, and how can I provide value to the world? And or not even to the world, you know, for some people, it might just be how can I give to my family or how can I give to my friends or how can I give to, you know, my local community or my church. And I, I love that attitude because it does, like you're saying, it changes everything about you and how you live your life. And that, that is a beautiful thing. So from that point on, I just struck out doing my research and acquiring, you know, education. You're constantly learning. You're constantly, you know, uh, moving forward. And I did everything to get the business structure, get the time out, you know, get the, the the licenses that I needed and all that to get started. And I can say that to this day, you know, three, five years later, that we finally opened the doors and I started the course this past week with three young men who are very excited about the industry and ready to get motivated and, you know, change their lives basically find a career that they like that's my job to help mentor them help them you know find find their purpose at least start toward you know engage them in 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 toward that purpose and everything the program is a uh, 12-week long program Uh, we teach the fundamentals of system electronic systems integration starting out with cabling and infrastructure and then leading into the uh, uh, integration side of the media systems and what we call subsystems, which would be, you know, security systems, access control, broadband, video, audio, those types of systems. So it's a 12-week program. The COVID kind of changed up the way we do things. We had to go back and revamp everything. So now the program. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask how you how you handled that. I'm glad yeah. you brought it up. Yeah. So what, what does it, it look it, like? It, it threw a wrench in the program, that's for sure. <laughs> so we had to go back and redevelop the curriculum. The things that I was going to be doing in person in classroom are now online modules. There's a 25 modules per pathway. And, you know, so what we're doing is having the young men or women, men or women, women are 
great for this career also. Do their modules. They'll spend two to three weeks to get their modules done. And once they complete those modules, then we'll schedule time in the lab, the hands-on for the hands-on portion, which is another three weeks. So each sub subsystem of the uh, certification is six weeks long. So after they finish the first six weeks, then they go on to the second six weeks. The second part after they do the modules will be in person, in the lab, you know, actually getting the hands on. This career is really about hands on, you know, learning how to ter termination uh, cables and learning how to use the proper tools to, and use the tools properly, those type of things. So the hands on portion of the course is really huge, really huge. Well, I love what you're doing because you're you're mainly this is geared towards helping youth to find a, a career that they can flourish in, right? Yes, yes. You know, um, everyone's not geared or ready for college. You know, I was that guy when I came out of high school. I did. I went to college, did three years, and really didn't excel in it. And I just up in one day joined the Navy. I told my dad, <laughs> mom, you know. It's really not for me. I actually didn't tell him I was in the Navy until after I enlisted. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably smart if you wanted to get away with it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be going to boot camp next week. Boot camp? Aren't you in school? That's a funny <laughs> way to do it. So that's where I got my foundation of electronics and everything out of the military and the Navy, and I did six years in the Navy. So, you know, and then after I got out and got married, you know, I went back to school for years and finally got my degree, you know, on that, the long pathway, uh, <laughs> raising a family, going to work, go to school, raise a family, go to work, go to school, that type of thing. But I finally accomplished that, you know, because that was one of the things that I always promised my mother that I would finish my degree. You, you had mentioned that your your wife and you have been married for 36 years and that she was a college sweetheart. So did you meet her in that uh, first part, part of college yes. that you did before the Navy? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I met her. We both marched in the marching band. I was in the drum section. She was a, a flag girl, and, and she was an engineering major. And when she told me that I wasn't going to interfere with her finishing school, I knew what the deal was. Uh, but then she became, after working in corporate life for oh, 15, 20 years, she uh, actually became a teacher. You know, she said she felt that her purpose was more you know, the same type of thing, wanting to give back to uh, the young people. And she's an elementary teacher. So. Oh, cool. Well, th oh, by the way, thank you for your service in the Navy. Oh, thank you. No problem. Yeah. And, that's, it's, you know, that's an interesting life to live and then come back to, you know, the regular world. So what did that look like for you when you uh, went through the Navy and then got out and started coming back into civilian life? It was, it was tough, you know, because, you know, when you're in the military, you know, it's, it's, it's a good field, you know, but you travel a lot. You know, you're constantly traveling and everything. And I think that's what got to me, you know, packing up and every four years going to another duty station. And um, I got to the point where, you know, you know I think I'm going to go become a civilian and try it on the outside. Um, but it wasn't easy. It took a while to adjust and, you know, at that point, try to figure out what career you're going to go into and get into, you know. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, my, like I said, my career started out as started out wanting to be an electrician, going through the electrician's apprenticeship program, 
you know, did that for a while, then worked for Dow Chemical for a while. You know, as a young person, you're, you're constantly trying to find yourself until you really settle in and um, worked for a film company and video production and everything. And that's when I really got hooked in the technology side when I was working for a video production company and everything and um, started news, you know, as a photographer. And then one day I just decided, you know, I was working the night shift as a camera operator, cameraman, chasing ambulance, and did that for a few years and finally walked into the shop one day and asked the engineers, how do I become an engineer? And that kind of set me on that pathway to going back to school, getting my degree in electronics, and led me to where I am now. It was a rough haul. And having a family starting out with young kids and trying to maintain and everything, it was rough, but, you know, God got me through it and, you know, been blessed and um then uh i'm not complaining yeah you know and anything that's worth it there's going to be a struggle for it right yeah always always yeah and that Uh, that struggle is part of the the journey and you know i think it's the part that we have to learn how to enjoy my dad used to always told me if it was easy everybody would be doing it so putting this school together I kind of understand what he meant by that, <laughs> you know, uh, and put, and running a business and trying to run a business and, you know, and, and that type of thing. It's not easy, you know. It's not easy. It's a constant learning, constant uh, networking, constant, you know. Well, I'm glad you, know. you brought that up because there's a couple questions I ask everyone that comes on the show. And the first mm-hmm. one, before I ask it, you know, you have a lot of life experience. You've been through a lot of different areas of life. And you can answer this any way you want, but I want you to share with everybody something that you failed at, because I I truly believe that failure is one of the keys to success in life. And that's the preface of why I'm asking. So what's something Mm -hmm. you failed at? You know, fatherhood wasn't easy, but (laughs) I didn't fail at it. My kids are successful. One of the things I fell at, I think it will probably be a personal thing with me being persistent in things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it sometimes with me, I'm a little ADD. I can't stick with one thing. I'm I'm constantly moving around and doing more than one thing at a time. I wish I'd have had that that and maybe to learn to value money more better. So you know, it's it's a lot of little things. I never really failed at one huge thing. It was it's always been little things, you know. Yeah, but the, you know the question is is I ask it that way on purpose because it, for some people it could be this one thing that they had that they failed at and it like shaped their life and their career and that but for mm-hmm. most people that's not necessarily true like you you've got the little things and sometimes those little things in my opinion are more important because it's like the bricks of a house right and yeah. we're all no nobody's perfect but. You know, our bricks, as we build them, some might not be perfect, and we might fail at a brick here or a brick there, but it's a matter of how you handle that failure and how you move through it and become better because of it. Exactly, exactly. So I I like that you brought up persistency because, you know, you're not the only person in the world that struggles with persistency. Uh, Personally, it's it's not, uh, you know, something I struggle with. (laughs) My my wife always calls me, uh, you know, borderline annoying (laughs) because I'm very persistent. (laughs) You know, I latch on to something and I don't stop until I I accomplish whatever it is. But I have lots Mm -hmm. of friends and family that they do struggle in that area. And, you know, listeners that are listening, they do, too. So. How is it that you've handled your issues in the past with persistency to, you know, make yourself better? Well, 
I got this small little story that ties into my mom this time. My mom being an educator, teacher, second grade teacher, and my name, my initials are three Ds, Derek D. Davis. And as a small kid, I used, you know, high school, elementary, I wasn't the best student to bring home Bs all the time. And my mom told me, she said, I didn't name you. I didn't give you the name D, Derek, and those three Ds just for you to be bringing home Ds. The letter D <laughs> has a lot of positive words to it. And she said, huh. I want you to go sit down at the kitchen table and pull out the dictionary and write down every word that starts with the D that has a positive meaning to it. And I thought, and I, thought, I was like, is she crazy? But she wasn't. Yeah. So out of that, I came up with the mantra, the Derek D. Davis stands for discipline, desi- d- discipline, oh, determination, dep- determination, discipline, destiny determines, destiny determines, discipline determines destiny. Something like there you that. go. Something like that. That's what it was. That's, that, discipline determines destiny. That's a cool and, one. Yeah, and when I got older and started thinking about that, discipline. You have to be disciplined. Start getting. I started molding myself. Whenever I tackled something, I had to be disciplined about it, even with the school. Once it got set into me and that I was going to do this, it took discipline to do the research and everything. And then the destiny part of it was the future. What will I, where will I be? 10, 15, 20 years down the road, down the road with this discipline and determination, the ter- determination to go out and make it happen. I started using those three Ds as a motivate, motivating factor to help change my life, the discipline, the destiny, the der- determination. And that really helped. Once I, you know, when I got down the mountain, it's like, wait a minute, man. You got to make this school. Okay, you had a, you had a setback. Okay, let's get back in there. Let's get back on that computer. Let's get back in there. Let's make some phone calls. You know, uh, you want to retire soon, you know, but, you know, you want to do this, you want to do that. But this discipline right now and this determination to get this school off the ground is what drove me, (laughs) you know. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. And and I I want to make a comment because you said, you know, the nickname is 3D, which is funny because you're in audiovisual. Well, as we as we start to wrap up here, Derek, there's a couple more questions. The next one is the opposite of the question I just asked you, which is what is something mm-hmm. that you've been successful at? I guess I've been successful at holding my family down. You know, my family is a business. Like I said, fatherhood wasn't easy, but when I look at where my children are and they're all professionals, have went through college, you know, have their families doing their thing. I think I was successful at that. <laughs> you know, That's huge. That, yeah, I think I was like, successful. Sometimes you don't think you are, but, you know, even my kids might have some, you know, slow starts and getting going, but I can say that they're holding it down. So maybe they were listening to me. And being married for 36 years, you know, I, I guess I make that work. So there you go. That's successful. <laughs> well, I, I ask this question for every every person I meet that has been married a very long time. I ask the same question, and I'm sure you've had it before, but it's what's the secret? Communication, friendship, not being selfish. Everything is not me, me, I, I, that type of thing. 
you're going to have uh, your ups and downs and everything, but you got to communicate. You don't communicate. I mean, that's the biggest part of it. And for right. us being married for 36 years, we made our mistakes in our first 15, 20 years, you know. And after that, once we really knew and understand what our partnership was and where we wanted the, the uh, to go at together, our goals together, then the, it just fell, it fell in line and, you know, and God. Gotta have God in your life too, you know. God, family, business, friends, <laughs> and the order. You gotta have that order. And once we got that that everything in order properly, we're on path for another thirty six. You know, you know, I heard an interesting one recently from a, a guy I asked that same question to. He's been married. He's married more than forty years, and the way he described it, he said, "It's like you're a puzzle piece, and then of course your wife is also a puzzle piece." He said the the mistake that people make is they try and take their wife or you know whatever relationship you're in you try and make that person fit your puzzle piece so you're trying to Mm -hmm. force them to fit your puzzle piece he said the secret is to make yourself fit their puzzle piece their puzzle piece ah uh uh-huh i thought that was like just a really powerful analogy for yeah. you know for for life because you, you know you can't change other people the only person you can change right. is yourself at the end of the day exactly. and that's what he was getting at and I just thought that was really cool Derek just a couple more questions this yeah. is a fun one yeah. what are you curious about what am I curious about I don't know really I never loved never that question has never really crossed my mind what I'm curious about you know I'm an adventurer. I love to travel. I ride a motorcycle. I've traveled all over the country on my motorcycle. So I, I really don't know. I really ha- haven't really thought about that curiosity. What's that one thing that, you know, that I'm curious about, you know? Well, hey, I think you said it right off the top of your head. You said retirement. And, you know, yeah. for, pe- for people in your age range, that's that's a huge thing. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. what I work with every day is people that are heading into retirement. So mm-hmm. what is it? Uh, about retirement that you had mentioned you might be, you know, fearful about? Not having enough money. That's <laughs> always the number one. Not Or being able, you know, I, to continue to live the lifestyle that I'm living. You know, I know sometimes, you know, you have to pull that back, throttle that back, you know, and those are some things that we're working on now, just kind of throttle things back and saying, do we really need this? You know, we got this, we had that. Is it really a need or is it really just a want? Last question of the day. Are there any mm-hmm. questions that I should have asked you that I didn't? No, you didn't. I mean, you, you, you did a great job. You asked a, lot of, you, you asked a lot of challenging questions that, you know, that I didn't have, like, you know, the auto response answer to. <laughs> Well, that's good. You know, the whole point isn't to isn't to have auto response answers. It's to really have a a real conversation because that transparency and that realness, I think, is what brings people together and creates connections. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show. And if anybody wants to learn more about what you're doing with AV Technologies, et cetera, where, where can they go to find you? Well, you can find us on the website on the on the web. It's uh, AV Tech. Institute.com, where they could call us at 248 
203-203-0066. The website is very informative. Everything, you can pretty much sign up for the course, pay for your fees, everything right there on the website and everything. Awesome. And for those that are listening, we'll have, of course, a link to Derek's website in the show notes. So you can always go there and just click on the link to find out more about him. Derek, thanks again for being on the show today. This has been another episode of the Safe and Sound podcast with your host, Sean Sparkman, always bringing you interesting people from all over the country to try and get you different viewpoints and stories to help you build a safe and sound lifestyle, which is a lifestyle where you have a safe sound foundation so that you can go out and be adventurous, explore, and just enjoy life. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Safe and Sound Radio with Sean Sparkman. Sean Sparkman. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic for future shows, contact Sean at 313-246-9278 or visit the website at www.safeandsoundretirement.net. That's www.safeandsoundretirement.net. I must leave.